1: It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
2: Welcome, my friends, to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here. On WABC Talk Radio 77, yes indeed, we are the crown jewel of American radio. We invite you to be part of today's program. All you have to do, 800-848-WABC, the number to call, eight four eight nine two. We have lots to discuss today. There is an auto strike going on. I, I can't... I want to talk with Noam. He the story that he did about the state care center, I saw it earlier this morning. It is frightening. And so much else. Derek Hunter is here. Derek Hunter, the columnist, the author, the broadcaster, the all-around media personality, my man, my friend, Derek. Hey. What's going on, man?
3: How are you doing?
2: I'm all right, I haven't been into any movie theaters, vaping and fondling people and lying about it and uh going out and then having to apologize and blaming it on my divorce or anything like that, so I guess I've had a fairly good day. Well, it's early. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's still morning. Derek, what is with this woman? What is with this Bobert woman? What is with this gal? I don't. Uh, it's embarrassing. It is just. It's. I, I have tried to keep my mouth shut ever since she came into Congress. Every other week, she was posing with guns like she's some kind of big warrior gal. She's always involved in something, either some cat fight with Marjorie Taylor Greene or something else. Is this the? Is is this woman truly the best that we can do in Colorado? Probably. Look, It's Eric Swalwell the best to come out
3: of California? They can't do, oh. they can't do any better than, than Adam Schiff. The, we're not sending the best and brightest to Washington, D.C. We're not doing it. Um, we had Nancy Mace at a prayer breakfast talking about uh, fornicating with her boyfriend that morning. You know and what? Like, who's I her fiance? But she, I think it was going to be her. Third, at least her second husband, maybe her third husband. Like, read the room. Just read the room. <laughs> all you've got to do in most in life is not be a. You know, it's a pretty good rule of thumb. Don't be a. You fill in the blank, whatever you want to call it. There, uh, and you'll do all right. But if the words "Don't you know who I am?" ever occur to you. Right. Somewhere along the line, your life came off the rails. She, uh, Bobert has argued and, and gotten into these public peeing matches with a whole bunch of people. Never once has one ever been necessary. It's all been over ego things. It's not like, well, I firmly disagree with this piece of legislation, and I'll tell you why. It's always personal. You're not dealing with very bright people. So... If anybody out in Colorado wants a job, you know, here you go. Go for it. All you've got to do is be better than that. I don't know. Maybe the thin air out there does something <laughs> to people, but they also maybe go. You know what? I don't want that kind of. Uh, I don't want that kind of spotlight on me. I don't get it. There's a lot. There was a guy, Blake F- Farnhold or something like that. I don't think. I think Blake might be wrong, but. He was a weird kind of guy out of Texas, a Republican. I remember him. Yes. He, he wore pajamas and like, like footy pajamas, like really weird stuff. And he, he just kind of looked like the, if you looked at him, you thought he makes the noise a lot while licking his fingertips. He just kind of looked like that kind of guy. And you're like, how did this guy, cause you think they got to pull it together. They meet with voters. They've got to be able to pull it together at some point for the voters to go, that guy's not creepy at all. I'll vote for him. But the rest of the time, they're wildly weird and strange. I guess would be a way to put it. And you think, how did these people pull it together? Or what were they running against? Was it like a tube sock filled with dead mice? Was that the alternative? <laughs> like, I don't, I honestly don't get it. But if you if you work in Washington D.C. and you comb the halls, walk through the halls of the Capitol, you will see a whole bunch of people that you go, "Oh my God, what were they up against?" You know, like a serious, painful infection. You can either vote for this person or have lose a limb. Which do you want? It. I don't get it. I'll never get it.
2: Okay. Now one that I thought was really smart, and I I actually, when she first came on the scene, I said, "Wow, there is a future here. There's a big future here." and that would be Christy Nome, South Dakota- mm-hmm. So Daily Mail waits they just I love the way the press guys do this. they, they, they lay and wait. they have the story, they wait, mm-hmm. they wait. And then as soon as that person does something that pushes them right up to the front of the national debate in a good way, then they spring the trap. You know, I <laughs> My so, uh,
3: my subscription <laughs> podcast, the Week in F and Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast is about twenty minute rant about this. Profanity filled rant. I don't maybe there's maybe there's been more developments. No, I've got to call BS on this one. I don't know whether or not Corey Lewandowski and and her had an affair. I do have a very good friend who longtime, very good friends with Corey Lewandowski who tells me that Corey denies this. But if you read that Daily Mail story, it comes down to they were in the same places at the same time. Washington, D.C. is high school with paychecks. It really is high school with paychecks, and if you go to lunch with somebody or go to dinner with somebody the opposite sex for its business or you're just friends with them, somebody will give it a. Hey, I heard last Tuesday you were out with so and so. Yeah, we. So what? Well, all right, all right. It's all just implied by that. If you read the story, there is no none. Then somebody walked in on them and they were, you know, engaged in the sex swing, and it was going like that woman in Virginia who live-streamed herself and her husband, and then said, it's an invasion of my privacy that people paid me to... Oh, we it. talked about
2: that yesterday on the show. But
3: if you, you look at this story, it is all... They are. They were at this event, and they were at this event. I know for a fact, I knew this at the time, that a few years ago, Corey Lewandowski was hired by Christy Nome after she got elected governor to do what? To raise her profile. Because what do you do after being governor? Nobody goes... Well, I don't make a move until I find out what the governor of South Dakota has to say. Nobody thinks about the governor of South Dakota. We think about the governor of South Dakota now because Christy Nome hired people to raise her profile because she has ambitions beyond South Dakota, either to be vice president, cabinet secretary or president of the United States. She happens to be a very beautiful woman. And so, what happens with that? You want? I don't. I'm not one who point stands up and says, like Donald Sutherland at the end of the remake of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, is oh, pointing at somebody. But for the people who constantly scream mis- any criticism of Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris's misogyny or racism or whatever, this sure as hell seems a lot like misogyny. Now, if you got proof, actual proof that they're screwing around. Fine. But the idea that they went to events together because he was on her payroll to raise her profile and introduce her to movers and shakers, because let's be honest, if you're the governor of South Dakota, you are not exactly moving in the power circles of the conservative movement because nobody goes to South Dakota. It's you know, you just assume the governor of South Dakota is a Republican and that's it. So I look at this thing, and I think, like this paragraph, by 2019, he, meaning Corey Lewandowski, Mm -hmm. was a key advisor to Nome, and the pair went on a deep-sea fishing trip hosted by the late conservative billionaire and GOP megadonor Foster Fries, who along with his wife... Yeah, you know what? I know at least seven people, including Tucker Carlson, because Foster Fries was a big investor, the first real big investor in the Daily Caller, who every year... Did things with Foster Freeze. They'd have an annual retreat. Andrew Breitbart used to go to this. They'd have to go out there and go pheasant hunting. I guarantee you, Andrew Breitbart didn't want to go pheasant hunting. I wouldn't want to go pheasant hunting. Andrew Breitbart would agree, agreed with me that grocery stores existed. You don't need to go out and shoot these animals you know you know there are better things to do with your time, plus probably not a big fan of shooting and killing anything, but you had to go well, out you're there. a you big to,
2: fan of eating
3: it. I know it's delicious. I believe that all the animals. Somebody's got to do it. Died of old you. age happily. But, they don't. Know, I get it that somebody's got to do it, and that's why you know somebody's already done it, so I don't have to go do it. But I know I know Andrew very well. He was not let's go shoot stuff. He was an LA guy. Um But people did that all the time. The idea that he went, she went deep sea fishing with Corey. If you found out all the people, okay. But well, did you Foster's read annual thing? Did you? No, I didn't. write I woke up ten minutes ago, so I haven't read anything. Okay, well,
2: let me read some for um, you then. I
3: just said unless something new has come out where there's actual proof, let me read the new stuff for all you. All implications that they were at the same place. Let at the me read same the time.
2: new stuff for you. Go. I remember it was so absurdly blatant in public," said the person who recalled Norman Lewandowski getting handsy at the bar of the Hyatt Regency Orlando between 100 and 200 others around. It wasn't like 2 a.m. It isn't like we caught them at some dive bar miles away. It's a lobby bar where everyone's staying. So there's a bajillion political operatives, journalists, electors around. And when I saw it with my own eyes, a couple of other people saw it. And the blatantness of it was absurd. That's one person. This has been known, open thing. We've all been waiting for it to blow up at some point. Another person who saw the pair at Mar-a-Lago On the same occasion confirmed, I saw her on his lap. I thought they were a couple. They were all over each other, added this source. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on. A fourth source told the Porsche dalliance has been widely known in Republican circles for years, Mm -hmm. adding that Norm's husband, Byron, is said to have moved out of the governor's mansion roughly two years ago. Uh, A fifth person told The Post that he and fellow GOP operators were well aware of the fling and suggested the story finally appeared in print thanks to one of her competitors for the VP. And now, the Daily Mail does say this, and this goes to what you were saying, Derek. There are no images of the two getting frisky are known to exist. But they say the pair has been less than discreet about their relationship. So... I don't know.
3: If you're less than discreet, wouldn't there be some, I don't know. I just, I want something. I need something. If the, if the governor's husband has moved out of the governor's mansion two freaking years ago, wouldn't somebody have picked up on that? There's yeah, I know. That's, fly, that's,
2: I found that sentence a little odd. Somebody, <laughs> fly flying, banners, you know?
3: somebody flying banners over yeah. a Trump rally saying, where's Melania gets national press. Uh, the first gentleman of the state of North Dakota to, disappearing for two years and nobody goes, Hey then, wasn't she with a guy? Wasn't there some kind of guy somewhere? Doesn't get a mention anywhere? I don't know. It, it could be really shoddy reporting. It could be true, but I am See, this intimately is the thing. familiar you used to... with Holly, with Washington DC being in politics being high school with paychecks. Right. You know? I need a little bit more than somebody who's anonymous going, they were getting handsy. I just assumed they were a couple. Well, you're dumb. You know, maybe you're just dumb. Maybe you've got an ax to grind. Everybody's on By the way, that's, payroll out here.
2: That's the New York Post today, not the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail had uh, more stuff. All right, I'm going to move on from Christian. I'm di- I am will be disappointed if this turns out to be true. I will be too, I will, but I need I will more be than
3: somebody just saying, hey, uh, they were awfully friendly. Well, he was on the payroll. He was on the payroll to raise her profile. That the Post says he
2: was also a list. volunteer. He was not on the payroll. That's what the Post says. Well, I know for a fact that. he was on
3: the payroll because he got my friend on the payroll for a little bit. To okay, be so already to
2: part of this story then gets discredited a little yeah. bit because, okay, um, she also publicly announced she was cutting ties with him, whom her office called a volunteer advisor. However, the Daily Mail reported the statement was more shows than substance. She fired him without really firing him. She He never left. Blah, 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 blah.
3: Well, look, so, if, you're, if you're having an affair with somebody, you go, oh, they're not, I've fired them, I'm getting rid of them, and then they're still sneaking in the back door, you think that you're going to get caught, like, at some point? I, I. This all seems... Maybe she's wildly stupid. Maybe she's wildly stupid. I don't know. But I... I have to this Woman's me. got
2: kids too. Oh, you mentioned yeah. the woman out in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is this is this this one. This is nurse,
3: Susanna Gibson, or something like that. Uh,
2: let me find her here because I have it here.
3: You got a, a stack of photographs.
2: I got, extensive I got stacks. Research. I got stacks. I got stacks. Extensive research you did. Yeah, extensive research. On I'll this admit, one. I admit, I it Gibson, take, Susanna Gibson.
3: It did not take very long to find it. I found... The, you watched
2: the videos?
3: I watched one video.
2: Derek! What? You watched the videos? And Which they, one did you watch? Of her <laughs> doing it with her husband, or did you watch the, the video of her peeing? Because that watch, was yesterday's news.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, I heard no. the audio. I heard. I did hear the audio of her saying, if you want to watch me go to the bathroom, you're going to have to pay. I heard the audio of that on the radio, but I watched the video of her, one of the videos,
2: I assume of her doing it with her husband, where... Okay, um, for everybody that doesn't know the details of this case, <laughs> a Democrat, a Democrat woman, and she yeah. ain't bad looking either. She's a got Demi- bad tan
3: lines. She, she needs to really go to a, a fake and bake or something, even... I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying, if you're going to be on camera, you gotta you got to take these things into account. she probably cost herself some money. <laughs>
2: Doing it for money. I'm not what. (laughs) A Democrat woman running for. She's a nurse with two young children. She is running for the Virginia House of Delegates. Her name is Susanna Gibson. Mm. Her husband, who by the way is not getting any bad press. Her husband is a warrior, and the two of them have been getting it on at this site called. What's the name of this site again? Chatterbait. It's like the other one, Rhymes with Bait. Chatterbait, which I had never heard of the site. My nephew heard of it. I don't know why I didn't ask him. I've never heard of this site, chatterbait. I haven't heard a lot of these sites because I just don't I'm too busy. He thinks that doth protest too much, James. Never I I've heard never of heard
3: of it. it. Never, never, never take a lot of time. Never I've never been it. there. Honey, honey. Check- I didn't Anyway, yeah. I just confess this... to watching it because, you know, journalistic integrity.
2: <clears throat> oh yes, yeah, you had to see it. That's a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been getting it on with her husband. Derek reports her tan lines are not good. She yeah. has been getting it on with her husband on tape in exchange for money. She said the money will go to a good cause. Now she is upset because it has gone public, and she says her privacy has been violated. It it didn't go public. It was
3: already public. She posted it on the Internet. It's public. She might as well have done it in the middle of an intersection. But Okay.
2: But now she says Republicans are to blame because they leaked word that she and her husband were getting it on. Yesterday, in the Washington Times, Charles Hurt did a piece, yes, and Derek confirms that he heard the audio of it saying, yeah, you can watch me pee. Uh-huh. And the woman, in and, and exchange for it, and so this woman has been, uh, 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 I don't want to call it the golden showers because it just has implications that I don't want for this show, but mm-hmm. this woman has been uh, peeing for money. And remember that
3: Beatles song, "Golden showers fill <laughs> my eyes. Smiles awake you when you rise. Flush, little darling, don't you cry?" <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I might have the lyrics a little wrong.
2: So this woman. Is now complaining, and she's got other Democrat women rallying behind her. Democrats will stick up with each other no matter what. That's
3: not what. the only thing that's behind her. Uh-oh. Saying. There's more than Democratic women behind her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ooh. Uh And as Derek Hunter reports, because he has seen some of the videos... One video. She needs... Oh, one. Tan, bad tan lines. I does your wife my... Does your wife know you watched that video?
3: I don't know if she's downstairs, she might be listening. Uh oh. Okay.
2: Um, okay. Believe me, there's there's integrity.
3: Let me just say this out there to all aspiring amateur porn people. You don't look good while doing it. All right. (laughs) You just don't. It, It does, you know what? The image in your head while your eyes are closed and you're in the throes of passion is wildly different than the fluorescent lit just garbage that happens in, in real, in your bed. Don't put mirrors in your room. You are not well at, you are not made up, you are not a professional at this. There are people who you go, eh, they can do it. Everybody they are professionals for a reason. And it's called amateur for a reason. It is not a good look. And your dialogue, you know, you can sit there and make fun of, uh, where do you want these pizzas? Hey, look at that. You can make fun of all that dialogue you want. The stuff you make up while doing it is is worse it's way worse <laughs> and it's stupid and i i i cannot i cannot do the dialogue i could do that i remember what it was because he was digging around somewhere with his hands and then oh my uh, gosh offered to do certain things that uh, maybe you know most people wouldn't do If and they gave them enough money and they're both looking into the camera, and let's just say they're not going to win any Academy Awards or even an Emmy for cinematography either. And, um, the writer's strike is these, the writers are (laughs) safe. These people will not be scabs in the writer's strike. And it was just all sorts of unfortunate. And you sit there and you go, this is, this is what uptight people consider to be sexy. Like, this this is, this is, it, I, you could tell it was live streamed because if they'd filmed it and they said, "All right, well now let's take a look at it and then we'll post it on the internet," they'd have looked at it and go, "No, no, I can't do that, can't do that."
4: So <laughs> w- it had to, to
3: be li- it had to be live because there's no other nobody would look at that and go, "Yeah, this is this is my best work. The world
2: needs to see this." <sighs> we are coming back. Oh. James Golden, Derek Hunter is with me. It's our Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza, 800 848 WABC. Oh, yes, Rapper's Delight. There's a story about this in today's music history coming back in a moment. Don't go anywhere.
1: The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, aka Bo nerdly on 77 WABC.
2: September 16th, 1979. Sugar Hill Gang. Rapper's Delight is released. Not the first rap record, not by a long shot. But generally considered to be this one that first popularized hip hop in America. Of course, the music underneath is from Sheik's Good Times, now Rogers and Sheik. WABC, Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, let me turn the page from this. these unfortunate uh, uh, women that we've been discussing. And I just find it odd that this woman's getting all the grief. Her husband is a lawyer. Mm -hmm. No one's talking about this woman's husband.
3: No, And how this
2: impacts his law career or what his clients are like. Oh, that's you, my lawyer, on the tape, boinking your wife in in whatever? I mean, really?
3: In a poorly lit, poorly decorated, frankly, bedroom. If we're just being honest about it, but if you look at the, uh, you're right there. Yeah. If you look at the whole situation, the amazing part is that the uh, the story she's successfully spun into course with the help of the media that she's somehow the victim. The left has, you know, victimhood is now currency. It's a Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin on the left, and they want to be early adopters there. They find new and creative ways to make themselves victims. It's like hitting yourself in the head with a frying pan and demanding everybody feel sorry for you because you have a headache. Like, I'm sorry, you did this to yourself. She did this. Well, he helped. But she did this to herself, and uh, now she's saying this is an invasion of her privacy. Women are rallying to her. There used to be a time, James, where people would have been embarrassed by this not anymore i think i I wrote this in my book a few years ago about the difference when we obliterated the line i think i probably brought this up on the show before we obliterated the line between famous and infamous it's gone you used to want to be famous you didn't want to be infamous now it's just you want attention it doesn't matter how you get the attention you want the attention when paris hilton had the sex tape leaked by her ex-boyfriend rick solomon a nor- uh, there was a time before that moment, people would have said, "Oh, geez," and kind of slid back and not gone on the party circuit for a couple of weeks and maybe tried to let it blow over. Instead, so to she, speak. she got a reality show. She 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 embraced it. She ran into it, and the feminist said, "Oh, she's embracing her power," whatever, and that's fine. She, you know, her her boyfriend was a was a jerk and released that, sold that thing because he was a scumbag. But um, then. The Kardashians looked at that and said, hey, there's a business model there. And they did it, too. If People forget that the guy that Kim Kardashian was in the porn with was the famous one when that tape was released. his a guy named – rapper named Ray J, who now everybody – he's on a milk carton somewhere. And Kim Kardashian is a billionaire because they embraced <laughs> – they created this business model that, you know, just get attention – It doesn't matter if it's good attention or bad attention. Just get attention, and then you can monetize that. And ever since then, you now see OnlyFans out there. Just get attention. You see women and girls in bikinis. Look, I'm not recoiling in horror going, oh, yuck, a good-looking woman in a bikini. But you see that, and you go, it's really fun when you're 19, but when you're 25 trying to find a job and somebody Googles your name and up comes boob shots, I'm not sure that's a particularly smart career move. Or, or,
2: Derek, this woman has young kids. Her kids are gonna go to school one day. Yeah. And they're gonna come home. Mommy! Guess what? Guess what happened in class today? Well, it's a testament to how stupid her and her husband
3: are. I wouldn't be offended like my lawyer is this dirty guy. I'd be offended that I'd go, my lawyer's an idiot. I gotta find a new lawyer. My lawyer thinks that, that putting a porn of him, several porns of him out on the internet, is going to remain secret forever. Has that ever worked out for anybody? Where they're like, nobody will notice if I put this out in front of everyone. Um, no. And you have to sit there and have to challenge and question the intelligence of these people. If my nurse is somebody who thinks this is a good idea, my nurse practitioner, I would probably go, you know, I kind of want a second opinion. And before you walk into the room, will you please wash your hands? and Maybe just I don't know, jump in a dunk tank of Purell, please. And same with my lawyer. i would like, I, I'm not really sure your strategy is the best strategy. Why? Because you're dumb enough to live stream you having sex with your wife. Granted, you had to say it was your wife. It wasn't, you know, inviting the gardener in or anything. But it's a, it's still a level of stupid to think. I can do this, and there'll be no consequences. You're not a Chinese competitive diver that goes right into the water and poof, there's not even a ripple. You're a normal human being. You do something stupid, there are ramifications for this.
2: When we get back, let's talk about, let's move it from the uh, salacious news of the week to the unsalacious news of the week, the auto strike. And uh, you have... I believe from your time in the Michigan area, you may have some insights on this. I will, My us... father
3: was a UAW employee for 30 years.
2: Okay, so let's talk about, because this strike is already, uh, Derek, there are already 600 people laid off from one location. Joe Biden is out uh, with the communist mo- mantra. It's time for the uh, the big executives at GM to share the wealth. And by the way, uh You know, you look at the salary disparity, and I, I used to kind of poo-poo this, but lately I see it, and I have to admit, th- some of these workers are living on $15 an hour, and the head of GM is making $30 million a year, and it's just like the writer's strike in Hollywood, where you have these guys like Bob Iger saying that the people that are the lowest paid people don't understand, and he's saying this from his ranch with endless acres, where you can see, it's like, uh, something doesn't look right with this picture. Uh But let's talk about that when we get back. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy. And I'm not trying to go commie on you here. But I'm just, I am not at all. But I just want to acknowledge that because that's part of the story. WABC. You know who this is. It's Michael Bolton. Uh, yeah, in your wildest dreams. Overrated. This is the day that the R.U. Experienced album by one of the world's greatest guitar players ever, Jimi Hendrix, was released. Well, it entered Billboard's Top 200 album chart. And it would stay there for 106 weeks. 106 weeks. Just over two years. Yes. I mean, you try to I mean, get the record I mean, think mean, "Dark Side of the, the Moon" is still on the charts. Yeah. Okay. He's going to knock Jimi Hendrix now. WABC I coming think he's back. Overrated. Which... <clears throat> That's all. It's pathetic. Derek knows politics. Derek knows nothing about music. Coming back. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
1: This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
2: One of America's most prolific songwriters, Norman Whitfield, died on this day in 2008. Oh, uh, so many hits. I heard it through the grapevine. Ain't too proud to beg from the temps. I know I'm losing you from the temps. This one cloud mine. This was the first uh, single that the temptations released after David Ruffin left and it was a smash. I gotta tell you, I listened to the lyrics on this one recently and I'm like at the time I didn't, I was in seventh grade when this record came out and the adults were freaking out. They were like, what is this? This is glorifying drugs. We weren't like, we were like, whatever. This is cloud nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go back and listen to the lyrics. Yo. I'm doing fine on cloud nine. You can be what you want to be. You don't have to worry about responsibility. Mm, okay. We also did pop
4: We're
2: <laughs> <laughs> doing fine in Cloud9. Sounds like a wonderful time. It did. I listened back to this record later on as an adult and I was appalled. It's a that ain't no even no more It's not safe no more to walk the streets at night. Why? This is I'm back doing when songs...
3: This is back when songs had stories, when the lyrics yes, made sense. Yes,
2: yes. I watched sense whether you like the story or not. Right.
3: Yes, Derek. I watched uh, part of the MTV Video Music Awards. The live performances; every third word was was dropped. So, like, you're sitting there going, "What the hell is this? I don't know what they're even trying to rap or sing about because they had to bleep out every other word." But when people were giving their acceptance speeches or they're presenting awards or whatever, half of them I'm sitting there; they're just speaking, and I'm thinking, "The hell is this person? What? what? It's not. What are they saying? Like they're just stringing together a, a bunch of nonsense." It was what words are they trying? Is their mouth trying to form? What the hell is <laughs> going on with these people? I have no idea. Whether in some of the performances, uh, was it Lil Wayne or someone? I don't know. Somebody opened up the show, and they were doing some song, God knows what. And I I turned to my wife and I said, I have, I have not recognized one word that's come out of his mouth. This whole, I have no idea what the hell he's saying. Now, I'm just a white guy. But my God, you know, how do you... It's really kind of funny because, you know, you get an album, you get a cassette, you get an album, you get a CD. Now they don't. It's all MP3s. But you used to get the lyric sheet with them. Right. Some of these songs, I don't know how... Are there lyrics, or just, is, is, are the lyrics sheet that you, cause you gotta put them in for copyright or something, you just, your trademark, you go, mouth makes noise, mouth makes noise, mouth <laughs> makes noise, mouth makes noise. Like, I don't know what in the hell is going on with these, cause you could sit there and, and read to, along with these lyrics, and there's a lot of times where, excuse me while I kiss this guy, it's like, oh no, I got the lyric sheet, excuse me while I kiss this, kiss the sky. Oh, that makes, no, I, I thought he was saying, got, and he was actually saying, Glug-a-blog-a-glog-a. Like I, it, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I fear for the world my children will grow up in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's unpack this auto, st- uh, the auto business, this auto strike. Uh, right. First of all, Derek, I had to go back and I tried to go back because something kept nagging me about the time that Obama was in office. And Steve Ratner and all these guys and I tried to remember and what the issue the was. Are, yes, right, right the issue was that they the the Obama administration had sold out non union workers' pensions, and with with this Steve Ratner, if you didn't, if you worked for Delphi and some of the other auto companies, there was a massive bailout of GM, mm-hmm. yeah, which is GM and was profitable and of Chrysler and of Chrysler, right massive bailout and the people that were non-union got screwed and the people that were unions got their pensions saved in that bailout that was obama let's just give it to our union friends give everything to the unions and screw all the auto workers that are not union so that was and let's bail out gm and chrysler well today here we are Again, the big three car makers are now facing off with the unions again. Ford has already laid off 600 people at one of their Michigan plants. Mm-hmm. Um, there is part of this mix is the electric cars the unions are unhappy with the Biden administration pushing down these electric cars mandates on these automakers because they uh, they fear this is going to lose more jobs. Uh, electric cars are not nearly as difficult to make as the gas-powered deals. The difficulty workers. comes in in getting people to buy them. Right. <clears throat> okay, by the way, I had a ride. I took a ride in my friend's Tesla the other day. I'm going to tell you something. That's Have tough. you ever? Yeah. Those Teslas are killer. Yeah. It's it's like a golf cart. Because,
3: you know, a car, you give it gas and, and then you lose a lot of the torque in all the moving parts and it takes a second to get going. It's zero to 60 in five seconds. A golf cart and with a, an electric vehicle, there really is almost no loss of torque. The second you put your foot down, you're going and you, you can go if you put it in insanity mode. You get going really fast. I'm not sure that you I get, want a lot of people driving that way. But you, you get yeah, you get like lift off. You get pulling pulling G's there. So it, it's neat. They're nice cars. They've got the giant essentially an iPad sitting there right in the dashboard. Um Yeah, the problem
2: is that it's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, one problem. Well, I don't know whether you fifty thousand go go buy a new Beamer go try to uh, go buy a, a Cadillac Escalade. Look, I don't have snurdly money.
3: I can't even buy I don't it.
2: have snurdly money.
3: <laughs> the hell, you don't have it. I
1: don't either. Well,
2: somebody's got <laughs> okay. snurdly money out there. It ain't snurdly. <laughs> okay, so Okay, but okay, what about this auto strike? What are we looking at here? The idea um, that they want to... There...
3: Look, this is uh, one of those things where you just watch the news and you you don't really have there's <laughs> I don't have any sympathy for either side. Cause yeah, the auto executives are making a fortune, blah, blah, blah. I would say that most of that is in stock value and stock options and what have you. And it's performance based, fine. But when you hear that they want a 40, what, a 40% raise, 45% raise, whatever it is. And you just go, wait a s- what the hell? And they want to return to pensions. And you're sitting there going, what the hell is a pension if you work in the private sector everywhere? No, right. it's the pensions. It's government. And you go, well, you want a pension? Look, my dad had a pension. Thank God he had a pension. My dad had to retire early or not he had to retire right at 30 years because my mother had health problems and the deal was set up that if he'd continued to work, he would have gotten a larger pension. He was only 49 when he retired. He was actually retired for more years than he worked. Um He retired at 49 because if he'd continued to work, And died, my mother would have only gotten his health benefits for six months. Whereas if he retired and died, my mother would have gotten his health benefits for the rest of her life. So he retired and took other jobs after retirement because they couldn't, it's like $1,800 a month or something like that. It was getting his pension at the end. Um, I was surprised to learn that when my father was working in the, for, for Fisher Body GM, that he was making about 10 bucks an hour um and now there's the 80s and he'd been there a long time and it was a different time and he could afford a house it was a 20 foot by 20 foot house but he could afford the house and raised five kids somehow on it but i was surprised that i think he maxed out at like 10 bucks an hour i was shocked to learn that now you sit there and you hear these you said before the break these people are making fourteen dollars an hour fifteen dollars okay that seems a little low especially when you drive past a McDonald's and they say starting salary is 18 bucks an hour plus a $500 signing bonus they're desperate to get people to work there but you also have to realize that it's not 1940 anymore where you're sitting there actually working the torque wrench putting these things together and it's a it's a skill it's not just a watch a machine do its job and you hit the stop button if the machine breaks down or misses something. The amount of skill, the amount of work that is required for these jobs has changed. Not all across the board, but you hear the the fight for 15, now it's probably the fight for 25, the people who wanted to raise minimum wage for fast food workers. And you go, if you can be replaced by a credit card swiper and a, and a, a, a touchscreen, you're not worth $15 an hour. There comes a balancing act where, yes, people have to make enough money to live, but then you also have to look at what they're doing. If your job is to sit on your ass and make sure the machine you're watching operate doesn't break, what is that worth? You know what I mean? I don't mean to... Be a jerk or, you know, whatever. No, but I understand like, what you're saying. There's a balancing Look, act where you go, right. all right, you used to actually have to put the widget together, assemble it, and then put it in a box, and now you sit there and watch a machine do it until it runs out of Part C, and then you push stop, you go get more Part C, you pour it in the bin, and then you push start again. There's a huge difference between the jobs.
2: All right, now some of these workers are saying, for instance, Uh, They were told by the president, then Obama, that they had to give up huge concessions to get government support for that government bailout back then. They did it. And then one we came out of bankruptcy, and one worker says in our starting pay, they were working for Chrysler at the time, At Jeep was $15.78 an hour. Fifteen years later, their pay is $15.78 an hour. Yeah. Well, then there's union. something wrong with that. That's that's not the fault
3: of the that's the union. I remember every once in a while they drag out these people where they think they're making their case. And the, again, back to the fight for 15. There was some guy, some story. I think Rush might have talked about it where, like, I've been working for McDonald's for 20 years and I'm still right. making minimum <laughs> wage. It's like that's on you, pal. That's on you. All right, at some point you got to realize that maybe your boss hates you or maybe Ronald McDonald is not a fan and you got to at least go to Burger King, something. Yeah, at a certain point I, I I you can't sit there and go I my food won't chew. Like you've got to work your jaw to chew your food, all right? How much of a baby bird syndrome do you have? What do you need spit into your mouth to realize not to get back to that lady in Virginia again, but to realize that oh. you've got to take responsibility for yourself. That It's not your boss's responsibility to make sure that you have enough money to meet your monthly nut. It's your responsibility. And if whatever job you happen to have ain't making the grade, maybe it's time to either go ask for a raise, but you can't thanks to the union, uh, or... Find a new job. There's a reason I work for jobs, James, and it's not because, you know, I don't want a day off.
2: I hear you loud and clear. Now, it is also said that this battle, as we just talked about, over the the unions is there's a lot to do with the electric cars and what they're going to do to the economy. Look, whether we like it or not, electric vehicles are here and they are some electric vehicles are doing really well others not so well but that genie's not going back in the bottle um and and no matter what it's not going back in the bottle it will either sink or swim on its own merits. no it won't no it won't sink or swim on its own
3: merits the government subsidizes its purchase subsidizes its use and then is going to mandate its use they've subsidized the companies man uh, subsidize the purchase and then mandate the use it is it's not going That's not existing that is being forced down your throat and then when people the the virtue signaling person with the tesla and look tesla is a nice car if i had the money i we have two cars and i would have i would have an electric vehicle for just driving around town going to groceries and then for long road trips since you can't get that far with an electric vehicle you have the, the family truckster. But when you realize uh, Guess that, what?
2: Guess uh, what? With Tesla now, you have a 400-mile range on some of them, okay. and the charging stations are everywhere.
3: Right. But can you charge up in five minutes like you can fill a gas tank? The
2: supercharges, the super now you can charge. They have made amazing strides. I mean, one of my, my no, friend is like a, a Tesla guy, so he is. Uh-huh. I have kept up with what they're doing. You're it is not the ELA? same as when it. You're rolling with Elon? No. No. That's not uh, the same as when they first came out. Well, They're, the Tesla is improved. the
3: exception, not the rule. Right. The, Tesla is the, the government charging the
2: stations are lousy.
3: Right. The the, the, the uh, Secretary of Energy had to have people go and block charging stations with gas. And a gasoline,
2: like, yeah, with the, a gas-powered so car. So they could come
3: in there, and then they realized that they might not make the range. It was just a, a comedy of errors. But the government is going to force people to do this. This is... This is like the same thing with wind and solar. If yep. if if it's better, people will buy it.
2: If it's Derek, hold genuine. on to that thought. We got to take a break. We're up to against the mm-hmm. clock. Hold on to that thought. We'll be right mm-hmm. back. James Golden, A.K.A. Snarly, coming back. Derek Hunter, right after this. Your calls are welcome. 800 848 WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Oh man. On this day, Mary Travers from Peter, Paul, and Mary passed away. She had suffered from leukemia. She was 72 years old. This is Mary Travers leaving on a jet plane.
1: The Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, aka
4: Bo Snerdley, on seventy seven WABC. You wait for me. Hold me like yes,
2: Peter Paul and Mary, bring us back. Um to Derek's point, uh the folks at Ford are saying I just love that. The folks at Ford are saying um uh, that their electric business, the electric car business. Is poised to lose $4.5 billion this year, and they are under pressure from the government to do this. It's going to lose $4.5 billion. They say if the unions get all the increases they want and pay pensions and other bennies, their worker compensation would be twice as much as Tesla employees, and Teslas are actually making money. And union demands would force Ford to scrap its investment. In electric cars, they said they want to have a, uh, a conversation with their workforce about a sustainable future, but not one that forces them to choose between going out of business and giving the unions what they want. Derek. James. Where is this going to go? Is this going to really hurt the economy if this thing continues to, to, um, this, this could, this could affect the economy. Not that I'm, Hey, this is an election. we're coming to the election year. You guys want to do this, go right ahead. Well, it's Kabuki Theater in a lot of
3: ways the union has yet to endorse Joe Biden's re-election, but yeah, it's, the election's 16 months away or whatever. They don't really have to do that. They'll be there at the end. They negotiated in their one of their last deals that uh, they get election day off so they can go an election year on election day. The, the UAW did. So they, we know what team they're on. You can grouse and like somebody doing a holdout and, a, you know, some athlete doing a holdout and like, I'll never play again for Jerry Jones. And then Jerry Jones drives the Brinks truck up to the house and they go, Jerry Jones is the salt of the earth. And they're back in camp and out on the field that Sunday. Uh, they will get back together when it matters. Right now it doesn't really matter matter uh, it really comes down to you look at this and is what is the job worth that's the thing that you have to ask that question it's it's not a discrepancy in pay you can think that's garbage become a shareholder and and bring that up but a discrepancy in the pay between the executives and the the people on the line it is what is the job itself worth and do people deserve like, it's like unions have not really adapted since the 20s when somebody get pulled into a turbine and they just send a fruit basket going, no, sorry, your husband was chopped to death. That's a drag. They needed unions back then. They haven't really adapted all that much to the changes in the economy because their philosophy isn't really about workers. It's communism. So got it. Derek, thank you, my friend. Have a great Where
2: can people find
3: you, Derek? Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek, D-E-R-E-K-A Hunter on Twitter. Thanks, James.
2: Thank you, Derek. James Golden A.K. Stoney coming back with our number duo on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza news with Norm Layton. WABC News coming up next. Do not go away.
1: James Golden, a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American Radio.
2: Welcome to our number duo of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Should you elect to be part of the program, we will take calls this hour 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800- 848-9222. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say about these various items in the news Noam Lading is here with us Noam this story out of the Bronx is just heartbreaking
5: uh, It is it's it's terrible uh, this 1-year-old boy dies from opioid from some sort of opioid. i not clear if it was ingested, how, how it got into a system, but it was a daycare center in Kingsbridge up in the Bronx. Yesterday afternoon is about three o'clock. 911 call goes out. Uh, the head of the state care center walks out, starts screaming for help. There are four kids in the state care center who ate something, you know, like you do snack time in any daycare center, went to take a nap, and then she could not wake them up. And uh, the really tragic part is this one-year-old died at the scene. Uh, The three other kids, at least one of them they use Narcan on, which is what they use to wake somebody who's fallen asleep from an overdose of an opioid, Uh, they were taken to the hospital. We've heard this morning all three of those kids, thankfully, thank God, they're expected to survive.
2: I saw pictures in uh, the New York Post coverage of it, and I wondered whether the... uh, It may have been the Post. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, and it it looked like the place was in disarray, and I was just saying, this may not be an accurate picture of what the place looked like before police had to come in. Of course, they want to know what's going on in the place. I don't know. From all accounts, there was nothing unusual or is standing out so far and again this is a developing story don't know about this place apparently this place was it didn't have very many kids from what i read it was uh it was uh eight kids it was the maximum eight to 10 kids that they were looking after it, the place was according to again what i've read this place was licensed properly it was there was never any indication that it was problematic or bad leadership in the place whatsoever. We're going to wait and find out, but still, parents that drop their kids off to daycare just have to have a little shudder when they think about this.
5: Yeah, well, one mom who was picking up her kid there yesterday said, hey, your job is to treat my kid like you would treat your own kid, which is of course what every parent expects when they drop their kid off at a daycare center. We don't know the whole story, James. Is it the fault of the daycare center the New York Times actually reporting this morning I could not get confirmation from police but the New York Times reporting this morning that some sort of packaging that drug dealers use was found inside the daycare center so that would lend itself to how those drugs got into this daycare center now the next step of how these kids might have ingested these drugs that part we don't know
2: now, correct me if i'm wrong uh you may know about this and i may we have to maybe we just have to do some research on it from what i understand fentanyl is so dangerous because you don't even have to ingest it you if you come in contact with something that it has been on it can endanger you do i have that right you do in
5: fact the EMTs, then police who rushed in yesterday after these kids were found, uh, couldn't be woken up. They went in with uh, masks on and they were prepared because they knew something was going on. So it's the same thing. Yeah, just a, a minor brush with something like fentanyl can kill. Just the smallest dose of it can kill. And that's why it's so completely dangerous. And we see so many deaths across the country related to it.
2: Wow. Let me just turn the page and talk about this immigration uh, story. The you reported on this as well, Norm. Um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and other Democrats were out at Roosevelt uh, Hotel, and they were trying to do a rally asking for more funds. They were heckled, and they were heckled loudly by people that just are not happy with the with the city's immigration policies. There have been reports that the city budgets are going to have to uh, suffer. Which means that services that would normally go go toward New Yorkers are going to be to some extent impacted so that the, uh, so that money can be redirected toward the immigrants that are here in New York. Is there anything on the horizon that indicates that this problem is being managed now better than it was? Uh, I don't. I
5: mean, no is the short answer. But um, you know what's so interesting to me to tell you how maybe poorly it's being done is. You have people pushing back against Mayor Adams and their fellow Democrats saying the job not well done. You had Governor Hochul doing that not too long ago. And now over the last 48 hours, we've heard that Hillary Clinton, who's a New Yorker. I mean, she lives up in Westchester, but she is a New Yorker. She has now uh, gotten involved in this and gone to the White House and said someone has to come in and save New York because it's being managed so poorly. And initially, these were comments that were essentially off the record, but now her own spokesman's confirming, yeah, she's
2: involved in this, seeing where she can help out. Help out what? I mean, I, I don't understand. Okay. Excuse me for being a little bit skeptical here. The Biden administration has shown no interest at all in providing additional resources for New York. They have shown no interest at all in curtailing the number of immigrants that are pouring into the city in fact you know something norm in San Diego and I have this story somewhere San Diego uh, border officials just let hundreds of the the people there go they just said okay you're released go wherever you want to go and in that news story someone say hey is it okay if I go to Chicago is it okay and they're like go wherever you want to go they're overwhelmed so the problem is is, is not so – the problem isn't, as they would like to – as many people would like to politically frame it, oh, those mean Republicans in Texas and that mean, awful Ron DeSantis in Florida are shipping busloads of a few immigrants up here every day. And it's it's a much larger problem than that. We have a major influx of people. The border is overwhelmed and and in san diego now they've released them and they're telling them some of these people are going to end up in new york i don't know how they get the money to do this but that's another story and but they but this is this shows no signs of abating and nobody sees any i don't see anybody saying this is how we solve this
5: No. Uh, Look, New York has gotten an incredible education into how this all works in a very short period of time, because before it was other people's problems, right? The whole immigrants, migrants, whatever you want to call them, asylum seekers crossing the border, the U.S.-Mexico border. That was Texas's problem. That was the South. But here we are a year, a little bit more later, and there's 110,000 people. Most of them have come from the U.S.-Mexico border, and they're living here. And then we're like, now we're realizing, well, this is a huge problem. But it took those buses rolling here for us to figure that out.
2: There's a story today, uh, Norm, too, on this. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass says she's fearful that any day planes filled with illegal immigrants are going to start being flown into the city. Now, this is another sanctuary city like New York, and she said, we live in a city that welcomes immigrants, so I think we've been able to handle it. But I'm fearful any day planes could start coming in. That's right. Yeah. What are you going to do about this? What are they going to do about this? And this yeah. is going to impact the election, whether they like it or not. Well, I wonder when I hear that Hillary Clinton's involved, and I don't know what she can do, honestly, but when
5: I hear that she's involved, I think she's like, I got my ear to the ground and this is not good. Uh, if New York. Uh, you know, this is happening in New York in a very blue, blue, blue state and a very, very blue city. She, uh, she Clearly, she must be worried about what it means politically for the White House. Um And, of course, she's worried about another Donald Trump presidency. And so when you hear she, that, to me anyway, that's what it sounds like. When she gets involved, then it's all about politics that, like, this is not good for right. New York. And this might be terrible for the Biden White House. And maybe they're just tone deaf to it all.
2: Which I... Okay, I mean I I politically this this has me a little bit flummoxed in that they have to know that this is a problem. And I don't care I saw another story that Mayor Adams had had kind of burned his bridges with the White House and all that stuff. None of that solves the problem. If if this is and and it is, this is now impacting we haven't seen things on this scale in New York before. In Staten Island, there are protests. In Queens, there are protests. At the Roosevelt Hotel, there are now protests, not from advocates, but from people who are opposed to... Right now, that you you just mentioned on the news that Floyd Bennett Field is going to be used. Well, there are people asking legitimate questions. If you can open up Floyd Bennett Field... For illegal immigrants, why couldn't you open up Floyd Bennett Field to house the homeless that have been in New York for decades? Why are you doing this now when you wouldn't address the problems that the homeless of New York, that New Yorkers have had here for years? It's a great question and
5: there's not really a great answer from the city about that. Uh, Floyd Bennett Field. You know, we had WABC was part of this big protest there on Thursday. Uh, Curtis Lee was it Rosenberg were there. Uh, thousands of people showed up, who were angry about the fact that they were going to build this mega migrant tent city at Floyd Bennett Field. They thought that maybe they'd have some say in stopping it, but clearly this deal was had already been in the works, paper signed off on. But yeah, what about those people who are living on the streets? Why isn't? Why aren't they giving? Given hotel rooms or a chance to have a bed and three meals served to them every day.
2: Wow. Well, interesting story. Norm is going to keep on, and thank you very much. Sure, enlightening us. Please keep us posted on the Bronx. I, I mean, I. It is the most heartbreaking story I have heard today, and oh, Norm, it's just awful. So anything that you can do to help us learn what is really going on with that. We so appreciate you. Thank you so much, Norm. Thank you, James. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Boston early here, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden. It is Saturday morning. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're going to come back. We're going to delve into a few other things, and we're going to take your calls at 800-848-WABC. If you are out near Floyd Bennett Field, or you, uh, you're out in Staten Island, you're in Queens, where these centers are being set up, what is it that you think? What should, how do we get a handle on this? WABC Talk Radio 77 coming back. Your call's coming up too. Later on today, Princess Di will join us. Keep it right here on 77 WABC, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza will continue. This Kate Bush. Yeah, Kate Bush released her fifth studio album "Hounds of Love" on this day. "Running Up That Hill" became one of her biggest hits. The album produced three further successful uh, singles: "Cloud Bursting," "Hounds of Love," "The Big Sky," and of course, those of you Kate Bush fans know one of the one of my favorite Kate Bush performances is with Peter Gabriel. Yeah, on the Sledgehammer album, Don't Give Up. That's Kate Bush. I went to see Kate Bush in London. She had a 20-some-odd date tour, and actually, it was my first trip to London. I went over so I could go to the concert that she had over at the Apollo Hammersmith Theater over there in London, and she was remarkable. It was a great concert. Anyway, W.A.B.C. Talk Radio 77 coming back right after this.
1: The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 W.A.B.C.
2: Oh, yeah, Peter Gabriel, there's that sledgehammer. On W.A.B.C. From the albums, Yes. I heard an interpretation of what this song is really about. But I want to be your sledgehammer. You know, we I, I heard the the, uh, the promo for music radio, of course, and and I just want to mention something. WABC recently had its gala. It was a wonderful, wonderful, incredible night honoring cousin Brucie, and it was also John Castamititi's birthday. It was an awesome night. Um, one of the things with cousin Brucey, there was a video that was played, and it was so amazing to see all of the musicians and the songwriter, and artists, many of whom you know because they're hits you first heard on WABC. And they were so grateful to Cousin Brucey for what he did for their careers. And Cousin Brucey has one of the most successful careers in radio. You think about this, seven decades, seven decades, which is longer than the lifespan of many of us seven decades on the radio, seven decades involved in the music, the soundtrack of most of our lives. It was a terrific honoring of a man that has just one of the, uh, there are legends in this business. Of course, you know, I worked with one for many years for three decades, Rush Limbaugh, who redefined talk radio. But when you talk about some of the, the, the legends in the radio business, Cousin Brucie is in a class by himself with music radio. There is Cousin Brucie, and then there are no others in that class. Now, there are great disc jockeys. Many of them were here. BDI, Big Dan Ingram. Big Dan Ingram was incredible. Ron Lundy, Johnny Donovan, the whole crew at WABC. WABC had them. And, of course, there are others in New York radio. You know Frankie Crocker. Jerry Bledsoe, all these guys, legends, Gary Bird, legend, Cousin Brucey, amazing, seven decades in the business, and congratulations, Cousin Brucey. and it was just amazing to be at that event and to see so many of the iconic song, the producers of music, the creators of music honoring cousin Brucey and the love that they had for him was just entirely um, something, a spectacle that was just so beautiful to see. Uh, there are some other stories that I want to get to today. This one is in the New York Post, folks, and this is worth reading for those of you that, well, there is life after death. Revive patients share out-of-body experience in a startling NYU report. There's a report out of New York University. And what they did was interview a lot of people that had had near-death experiences about what their experiences were. One of the things they say in this, typically doctors have assumed there is little to no brain activity about after about 10 minutes of cardiac arrest when the heart stops beating and the brain is deprived of oxygen. However... New research from NYU turns that misconception on its head. There are signs of normal and near normal brain activity found up to an hour into resuscitation. Says Dr. Sam Parnia, an associate professor of medicine in NYU Langhorne Health. We were not only able to show the markers of lucid consciousness, we were also able to show that these experiences are unique and universal. They are different from dreams, illusions, and delusions. So he's the lead author of the study published this week in the Journal of Resus- uh, Resuscitation that studied brain activity and awareness among 53 patients, who survived cardiac arrest in 25 different hospitals, mostly across the United States and the United Kingdom. Our brain is very robust. It is more resilient to oxygen deprivation than expected. Of the 53 surviving patients in the study, 40% of them reported having memories or conscious thoughts. Some of those patients also had spikes in gamma, delta, theta, alpha, and beta brain waves that are associated with higher mental functioning. Now, the, to the specifics, some people reported they, they were no longer in their body. They floated out without weight or physicality. I was above my body. Directly below the ceiling of the intensive therapy room, I observed the scenes taking place before me. Some of them report, you know, being in the light and what that was like. One person, I remember walking away through a canyon. On either side of the canyon were men in white robes with hoods hiding their faces. would they like the clan? Uh, uh, the last thing I remember was all of them pointing to me. Another revived patient who died was brought back to life online. Somehow in death, their entire life comes back into the fore. It's a deep, purposeful, meaningful revaluate evaluation of life. And it says one of the things that the doctor says, the lead author here, is that the review of their lives isn't in any particular order. It's not a chronologically, it's a purposeful revaluation of the things that we strive for in life. What becomes a primary reality is how we treat other people. It's not random flashbacks. Anyway, you can find the full story today in the New York Post. It is interesting reading, Life After Death, And the study of people who have had near-death experiences, if any of you, our phone lines are full now, but you're welcome to call as we take calls. If any of you, I have a friend that has had a near-death experience, and he reported very much like this, being out of the body, being very aware of what was going on, and observing it before coming back into the body. If any of you have had those kind of experiences, you want to talk about it, or... And you feel free. We've got other things to talk about too. This school union boss, Randy Weingarten. I mean, she's this woman is. I don't want to characterize people. I try not to do that, but I'm going to tell you something. This woman to me is. I, I don't. I don't know how to do this without saying something about her that I don't want to say. But she's actually insinuating that those of you who want school choice or parental rights, she's saying those are the same words that the segregationists used to use. And by the segregationists, I guess what she means are the Democrats who ran the Democrat Party during Jim Crow, who didn't want black kids going to school with their white kids, like George Wallace, segregation, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Democrats who didn't want their white children to go to school with black kids, Democrats. She's saying those of you who want school choice for your children, those of you who insist on parental rights so that your kids are not being groomed in school or force-fed pornography in school, you are the segregationist today. You are the racist. This woman is out of control. If there is any segregation happening in schools, it is through these unions and through these Democrats. You look at New York City. Look at New York City. Look at the schools in black, primarily, predominantly black neighborhoods. And I don't have to ask anybody about this. I went to those schools. Look at the schools in Jamaica, Queens. Look at the schools in Harlem. Look at the schools in Bed-Stuy. Look at the schools primarily where black people are isolated. And look at the performance in those schools. There was another report this week, unrelated, I can find it if you want, about how the building funds for these black schools, schools where black kids attend, and this is not just New York, this is all across Democrat Blue City America where the building funds for these schools is never equal to the money that they spend on schools in the other districts. The segregation is happening today because of these Democrat unions and their unholy, evil alliance with the Democrat Party. And it is accepted that these black kids will never, and Hispanic kids We'll never have the kind of equal education that happens everywhere else. But it's just accepted. Oh, it just goes on decade after decade, and it's okay. They're just the blacks. They're just the Hispanics. Let them fail. Yeah, let's feed those kids pornography. Let's feed these kids all this nonsense that boys aren't boys and girls aren't girls. Let's feed them tales of victimhood so that they grow up believing that they're victims and they can't achieve anything in America. Let's make these kids hate America. And this woman has the audacity to say that if you ask for a demand school choice, the idea that you know better than these Democrat bureaucrats and union members, what a best school is for your child, or if you talk about parental rights, you're a racist. It's like the woman that heads the union in Chicago, black woman, who's the same crap until it came out last week that she sends her kid to a Catholic school because she wants them out of the public schools that she's demanding that your kids go to. These people are such hypocrites. All right. Telephone calls, 800-848-WABC. Coming back, your call is part of the program when we get back. Don't go away. Oh, yeah, Norm. Um, this is a Norman Whitfield. Ooh, us, Rare Earth, remember them? The Motown group covered this, and they did a great job of it. But there's nothing like the original, and there is nobody... That Nobody that sings like David Ruffin, the original Temptation lead vocalist along with Eddie Kendricks and sometimes Paul Williams. And this song is still all that.
1: A.K.A. Bo Snertley On 77 WABC
2: Oh yes Ladies and gentlemen It's that time Bill you gotta get up Sorry bro Come on Everybody up This is where we rock it Halfway through this show Spirogyra time to do some Moving the body It is the morning dance Each and every week I can't believe we're already halfway through this show. Doesn't that feel good? I know. We were speeding by today. Yeah. Come on, Bill. You got some moves now. Bill's stretching it out. Nick is grooving. Yeah, Bill looks like he's doing some yoga moves with this, too. That's pretty cool. TJ's working it. I'm working it. Okay, it feels so good to get out of the seat. We love our Saturday morning dance. We encourage you at home to do the same. Halfway through the show, let's get to the phones. People have been waiting. Let's start with Rick in Freeport. Rick, how are you doing?
6: Hi, Goldie. God bless you, Goldie, and your mental rush. My God. Thank you. Well, I've been listening to you the last ah, 45 minutes. You hit three freaking home runs. I was going to talk to you about electric cars, and electric cars—they stink, they caught they—they limit us to where we can go. They make us prisoners. But that's one subject. And then you got on to schools. Oh my God, school unions. My my dear wife, I lost her five years ago, but she was a teacher, teacher of English, and she would stay after class to help the students. To help him, and somehow she found Rush on the radio, and she would play it in her classroom. Of oh, course, that
4: drove,
6: that drove everybody absolutely nuts. But uh, and and she introduced me to Rush. She introduced me, and God bless wow. you. You came back. It took you a while to come back. You were you Rush was on? and there was nobody. There was nobody. And then you came along. Then you talked about this jockey rush. I'm a 70, 95 year old super senior living in Freeport. I live alone. I am in great health. I grew up in the thirties, the depression in the thirties. I remember that as a kid,
4: it was, wow. it was
6: something to eat. We lived in an apartment, <clears throat> which which I love, Yorkville. Now they call it the Upper East Side. That's baloney. Upper East Side. It was Yorkville. It was a, a community of naturalized citizens and first-generation Americans, and we were brought up in the schools which were great. We had teachers that were like mothers to us. A lot of those teachers only had gone to a two-year, uh, uh, of uh, teacher college. They didn't go to four years. They didn't have goddamn PhDs, and they weren't called doctor. They were called teacher, and they res- we respected them, and they gave us patriotism. We love this country. Now look at it. What the hell's going on now? We became from a depression country to a world power, and now look where we are. We got a president that doesn't know where the hell he's going. Oh my God! Then you talked about this jockeys. Rush yeah, I mean Goldie. I was going to city college. I worked at night and when I came home to do my homework, you know what I put on? The midnight matinee.
4: Ah.
2: That was Wow, incredible. you go that is awesome. You go back, my friend. So not only the midnight matinee, but you that means you were also here at the beginning of music radio time when cousin Brucey and when when WABC rose into being the number one radio station in the world. You must have been along for that ride, too.
6: Yes, and I tell you what, you know, I like more of the 40s, 50s, 60s musics with the big bands, and we used to go dancing to churches. The churches were a lot more influential than they are now, and I think that's one of the reasons we are falling apart. We don't believe in God anymore. I don't know what the hell we believe in. And we used to go dancing and I love to go belly-to-belly dancing. Oh, my God. To get a girl at home.
2: Belly-to-belly. Oh. Be- belly, oh, belly-to-belly dancing. I understand. Yes. We, 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 yes, yes, I understand. We, we had something similar by the time I started dancing with girls. We uh, called it the uh, the grind. But that's a whole other story for uh, a different day. Uh, yes, the grind. Uh, Rick, it is so awesome to hear from you. I am so grateful to you that you are in the audience. And thank you for bringing us back in. Because what you say about America and where it was, the teachers, the attitude of learning, all of that can be revived. All of that. There is hope. This is not all something that's lost and forever lost. But it also takes people like you to remind people what is possible, what was, and what is possible, instead of what we have now, this cesspool, that we have allowed the Democrat Party and this progressive and socialist leadership to turn these schools into cesspools. And it is not impossible to change them and to restore them back to places where true education can be the mission. Not ide, not politically, ideologically correct educations. Thank you so much, appreciate it. Let us go to Robert in Suffolk County. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77.
7: All right, James. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh politicians. Now, if we can get the White House in 2024, these Democrats who have let in and supported all these illegal aliens, they're going to have a heck of a time proving that they did not support, provide material support to terrorists.
2: You know how many of them might be terrorists? Yes, in fact, and some of them are worried about it. Some of them are worried about it. There are reports today, there were reports not just today, but there have been reports in the past week of the number of people that are suspected at being terrorists that are coming in. And Curtis, in fact, I heard Curtis, I think he was on with Sid, and I heard him talking about the number of people that are coming in from different countries that are known problematic countries. Now, Stephen Miller put out a comprehensive, this was Trump's immigration guide put out a comprehensive list of what they want to accomplish in the second term, including the so-called Muslim ban, and that is banning from countries that are sworn enemies of the United States. And it was a, I'm going to have to get that list rather than just try to do it from memory because it was comprehensive. And uh they want to, look, one of the things, though, that you never hear anybody talk about And there's a reason, because it would be costly. What do we do now? One of the things that I insist that can be done is a total repatriation. But it would take political will like we have never seen in this country to tell people if you came here during these Biden years, these 7 million illegal immigrants that came here, you are going back home and we are going to see to it that you go back home and that you, if you want to come here, you have to do it the right way. This asylum program is a sham. It is a sham and politicians on both sides of the aisle know it is a sham. There is no way to vet the people that are claiming that they have an asylum right to be here. It's just political theater sham. It needs to be stopped. Dead in its track. Yes, the grind was my favorite dance. Just got a text. I bet the grind was your favorite dance. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Y'all could keep the boogaloo. Y'all could keep the shangri-la. Y'all could keep the twist. I'll take the grind. Um, we have to get serious about immigration with a political will that to this day we have not seen in this country if we are going to fix this. And this is something that voters should be demanding of whoever becomes their president in 2024. Stop the nonsense. Stop this phony asylum program. Stop the funding of it. Right now, you have some religious entities, so-called religious entities, and the UN, the United Nations, both complicit in this phony asylum program. They need to be called out. Stop funding this illegal immigration into the United States. There is a machinery in place that allows this to happen. And that is deep state machinery, and it needs to be rooted out from top to bottom. James Golden Snurley here with you. It is our Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. We are coming back. Your call's welcome. Oh yes, you know whose birthday it is? Heavenly birthday today for this one. BB King. B.B. King First the nickname was the Beale Street Blues Boy That was later shortened to Blues Boy And that Blues Boy became B.B. B.B. King Rolling Stone back when they were a credible magazine Placed him behind only Jimi Hendrix Derek and Duane Allman in this list of one of the hundred greatest guitar players of all time. B.B. Uh, King died back in 2015, complications from uh, diabetes. Uh, there's a B.B. King documentary I saw. It talks about this guy who used to live on the road. It was some number. I think it was close to 40 or 50 weeks out of the year he would spend on the road. You still will live on, B.B. B.B. King, the great B.B. King on WABC.
1: nerdly on 77 wabc
2: you know we have a call on this but we had it yes t-rex and i'll let andrew from new jersey tell us about t-rex when he comes up on the phone and that's one of the reasons we're playing this today and of course this is my favorite t-rex song Bang-a-Gong, which was not the original name of this song. On, on. on WABC. You know, I was thinking about our, our, our first call during the break, Rick. And Rick is describing himself as a super senior, oh 95 years old, in great health. Congratulations, Rick. One of the things that I have been, uh, all my life, I have enjoyed talking to older people. We had a neighbor when we lived in New York, Mr. Stewart, lived across the street. And he and his wife were just the most wonderful people. And, and Mr. Stewart used to, I used to just talk with him. He used to babysit us once in a while, he and his wife, when our parents had to do something. And he would tell stories about growing up in that he was pre-depression. And growing up in America, and what it was like for him and his family, and 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 his childhood, and I thought about what Rick said about how when you you go, he they went to school, as he said in Yorkville, which was what and what that neighborhood is. Now it's called the Upper East Side, one of the places you cannot get into unless you have some serious money, right? But back then it was first generation, he said, immigrants and, 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 and others and, and naturalized citizens. And, and to hear him talk about the schools, about how they love the teachers, the teachers love the, the kids, they were revered. Folks, this is not something that is impossible to get back at. Now we have these teachers that are sexualizing kids, and I see it every day. I have friends that don't believe this is happening. Senator Kennedy um, from Louisiana read one of these books that liberals are demanding stay in these school libraries. He read from it, and it is pure pornography. And if you search out, which I can't even play the soundbite of him reading it here because it would sound like a porno, and it was same-sex, basically a same-sex um lesson. And and what it's like for these two guys to be getting on with each other, and what they did in excruciating detail, and I mean excruciating. Um, the idea that, folks, that we are not lost to the point of of not being able to retrieve our society. But it is going to take a profound battle with the left in order to achieve it. And there's also something all these years growing up in America that has bothered me, and I may not be able to articulate it properly here because I had no idea I would be talking about this today, but that is the lack of reverence that we have for older Americans. And even now, it disturbs me to see people say, oh, well, Joe Biden is too old to be president. No, he's not too old to be president. He's a horrible president. He was horrible when he was younger. His policies were horrible. If you wanted to know what to do on foreign policy in America, listen to Joe Biden and then do the opposite. Because he was always wrong. Joe Biden was horrible when he was touting the fact that he was hanging around with the segregationists, his friends in the Senate. Some of those segregationists, by the way, the old Democrat Party segregationists were also friends of Bill Clinton. It's not that Biden's too old. It's that he has now, he may be too ill and infirmed, but he's not too old. There used to be a reverence, and in some cultures there was a reverence for older people. And we live in such a disposable society. The music of our generations, eh, that's gone. Like the music of the 30s, the 40s that he talked about, the big band era. Most of these kids today don't even know about their own history and culture of music. You talk to them about Benny Goodman. You talk to them about Count Basie. You talk to them about Duke Ellington. Go back to the Bessie Smith. You talk to them about the musicians, Louis Armstrong, Scott Joplin, you go back further into our own past musically, these kids have no idea who these people are because we don't revere what is older, our history, our culture. And yet when you look at some of the oldest societies in the world, they have a reverence for their past. They have a reverence for, as they call it, the great masters of the past. And that is something that I hope one day in America we evolve to having too. A reverence for the older. A reverence for the ancestors. A reverence for the history that brought us to the point that we are at. Mark in Hackensack, New Jersey. You're on WABC. Thank you. Good morning.
6: I'm really lost over here with this immigration as far as why BLM, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, all your civil rights activists are not getting involved in this because these illegals are getting the reparations. Free room, board, meals, food cards, prepaid phones. They're getting the reparations that the blacks have been fighting for for decades. First well, of all,
2: they're not getting reparations. These are current, they have done nothing to earn any quote-unquote reparations. here. What they're getting are handouts from the government. Let's not confuse it. Let's not confuse that with reparations. Now, the reparations scam is a whole nother deal. And out in California now, there was a big poll that most California voters are looking at this reparations scam that they're trying to foist on people and saying, no way we're going in for this. Not at all. So let's not confuse it. Now let's talk about the black leaders. You should add Rush, let, let, Let's do this because Rush Limbaugh answers your question many, many years ago. And what Rush said, and this holds to this day, and you think about this as the framework and the context for every question you have on this. Why is it you ask? Why do not, you? why do you not hear black leaders standing up, so-called leaders, about this immigration thing. Why don't black leaders stand up for what's going on in the diseducation of an entire generation or generations of black kids? Why is it that black leaders don't do this? Why is it that black leaders don't do that? And don't limit it to black. Limit it to, it is because liberals are liberals first. That is their religion. Above everything else, their liberalism comes first, the liberal ideology. And that is why they refuse to acknowledge the failure that is right before all of our eyes, because they are steeped in their own power. Their own power derives from liberal ideology and proclaiming it. And they will not give up liberalism to do what is right, because liberals are liberals first. It is their religion. Abortion is their sacrament liberals are liberals first our number duo in the can our number trio coming up in an hour number trio Princess Di will join us time to check in with WABC's news director with WABC the voice of news the one the only Norm Layton we're coming back with our number three right after that, so keep it here on WABC.
1: It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American Radio.
2: Welcome, my friends, to our number trio. It is our number three on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you want to be part of today's program, you have an hour left to do it. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let me run through a few quick headlines. And I mean quick, I'm not going to spend a heck of a lot of time with any of these stories, but they're out here. The Smithsonian, uh, the Smithsonian Museum, which you pay for, you pay for it, has suspended an upcoming Marxist Latino event amid backlash. The story today is at the dailybs.com. The Smithsonian Institution reportedly has suspended an exhibit intended as a foretaste of the forthcoming National Museum of the American Latino, the exhibit Presente, a Latino history of the United States, opened in the National Museum of American History back in June 2022. There's been criticism of it since. Now, the Heritage Foundation, and there is a lot of activity going on with the New Heritage Foundation. They are involved on the ground, not just up way up high in the ivory towers these days. But Mike Gonzalez, a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, condemned the exhibit as a disgrace that offers an unabashedly Marxist portrayal of history, religion, and economics. He did that in an op-ed in The Hill. What are some of the things that are in this? Let me just cut through the chase. Some of the assertions in this exhibit is that the United States stole one-third of Mexico in 1848, that Cubans who came here seeking... Cubans came to America seeking economic opportunity not to escape communist Cuba, not to escape the Communism that the Castro brothers enforced, that the Texas Revolution was a defense of slavery against abolitionist Mexico. Those are just some of the things in this rewriting of history that the Smithsonian had been presenting. They, The Smithsonian didn't comment on this, but this little exhibit has been, this anti-American exhibit, the socialist exhibit has now been suspended over at the Smithsonian. Don't worry, they'll be back. Liberals never stop. Story today, also at your dailybs.com. Uh, Biden's broadband plan subsidizes Delaware mansions, vacation homes. This is what a Senate panel is finding. Now, this is one of the biggest scams in America. Oh, uh, there's so many scams. But you have been paying taxes ever since Al Gore. We used to call it the Gore tax. They implemented this tax as part of the, you know, you get your phone bill, you got like three trillion lines that you have to go through of fees and this fee and that fee and this one and this tax and that subcharge, so charge, undercharge, overcharge, this, that, the other on your bills. Well, this idea that the rural communities in the United States still don't have broadband, all these decades later, all this was supposed to be handled by the Gore tax, which you have been paying on your phone bill since the time Al Gore was vice president, he pushed it through, and now Joe Biden wants to spend another $42.5 billion in high-speed internet programming it favors heavy Democrat regions and remote vacation homes like President Joe Biden's home in the state of Delaware. Underserved locations include areas of Washington, D.C., close to the Smithsonian. We don't have Internet service there. This is after three decades almost of you paying taxes to ensure broadband Gets everywhere and every year they come up with more and more money to put into this. It is a total scam. Story today, New York post, CVS store manager killed on the job by shoplifter as epidemic grows increasingly deadly. This is the epidemic of shoplifting. Ask yourselves the question, when did shoplifting become an epidemic? And why? Under Democrats, under Joe Biden, under Soros prosecutors, who decided, and we all saw this coming and said, no good will come of this. When these Soros prosecutors and these progressives were on the tear, it's racist. It's racist. It's racist to enforce shoplifting laws. These are just people that are just need to feed their families, and they're only stealing a little bit. So stop making it a crime for people to steal like under six or seven. Now we've got under, we have got organized shoplifting rings, of course, that are stealing billions of dollars. And we also have increasing incidents like this one. This guy, Michael Jacobs, 49 years old, operations manager at a CVS pharmacy in Mesa, Arizona, had worked there for the past 20 years, shot and killed, allegedly, by Jared Seavey. Seavey was inside that Arizona CVS earlier the day arguing about shoplifting. He was trying to shoplift. Went home, got a gun. C.V. admitted to police that he shot Jacobs because he was tired of being bullied. And this was the last straw. Bullied. He has a right, you see. People have a right to shoplift. In April, a 26-year-old Home Depot employee fatally shot after confronting a woman trying to steal... From a store out in San Francisco days earlier, a pregnant shop with Dick Walgreens in Nashville shot by a staffer over a confrontation over stolen merchandise there. This is what this delve into liberalism has brought us to socialism. The United States military, this is an AP story, is ordering new interviews on what happened in Afghanistan at the airport there where roughly two dozen more service members were at the airport when the suicide bombers attacked our forces and killed our military members. This is Joe Biden's ill-fated, unilateral decision to just tuck his tail and abandon Afghanistan. There was a a story a few weeks ago about all the Afghan allies of the United States who've been butchered or their lives made very unpleasant by the Taliban since this happened. And now it turns out that the military didn't do a really good job In interviewing service people who, by the way, say that all this could have been prevented. Now they're going back and finally interviewing some of those service people. This is under pressure. AP has that story if you want to look into it. There was a story that was this week, uh, earlier this week. About the double the decade of debt. The double the debt decade. And where our debt is today. Now, I'm not going to go through the numbers. They're hard to deal with on the air. But last Tuesday, the debt reached, and I will give this number, the debt reached $32 trillion 890 billion 665 million 217 thousand dollars and change that's over twice what the debt was when obama left office when the first congress of the united states convened In March of 1789, and started amassing debt, it took us 224 years, 224 years, for the federal debt to go to $16.4 trillion, 224 years. In 10 years, we've doubled it. This is unsustainable, folks. Just saying, it's unsustainable. Princess Die is coming up, and your phone calls are coming up. Oh, we've got we've got a we've got a story. Oh, it's from Rocco. Good, Rocco, stay there. Princess Die is coming up, so don't go away. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, on WABC Talk Radio 77. Ah, yes, more Norman Whitfield. Heard it through the grapevine. This is Marvin's version. Gladys Knight and the Pips also had a hit record with this. But this is Marvin's I Heard It Through the Grapevine, written by Norman Whitfield, who died on this day in 2008.
1: 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Die.
2: Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, and we cleared the decks before the princess arrived so we didn't have to ask her about the salacious news of the day like that woman in Virginia and her husband like the incident in Colorado or the affairs of other women and political operatives. No, none of that stuff, none of that is good enough to discuss with America's princess of policy. We get to the real nitty gritty, the things that matter, with our very own princess die. Although I'm going to bring up some of that other stuff if I can. Um, anyway... <laughs> Good morning, Your Highness. How are you?
8: I'm wonderful. It's so good to hear your voice, Sir James. How are you?
2: Oh, I am delighted to hear your voice always, my princess. Um, Robert Kennedy, you mentioned him last week. I think you were expecting something else from me. But but I actually have been following this Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, saga with amazing... You know, Diane, I used to think that Robert Kennedy Jr. was a total kook the way that he was portrayed with all this business with autism. And then after COVID, after COVID, and after I saw what they did with these vaccines and the way that they totally started spinning everything and the way that they ignore, to this day, ignore vaccine injuries, all of a sudden I said, you know what? Maybe Robert Kennedy Jr. isn't a kook. Maybe... He knew what was going on all along.
8: Well, I am in the same boat. I, you know, basically had a one-word analysis of the guy because the media successfully squashed him, and the word I had in my mind was fringe. And I had never really looked into what he had to say or his, you know, research or his organization. And you're right, same with me. After all of the shenanigans with COVID, I started seeing his videos and reading what he actually said, and it wasn't anything like how he was portrayed, which, of course, we should have known this.
2: We should have known. Our
8: experience with Rush. That how the media portrays someone is 180 degrees out of phase with how, what the truth is. And so I am very glad that I think many people are starting to actually listen to him and actually read his research. And he is a serious person and a serious candidate, which is why he poses a huge threat to the Democrat party.
2: So this today there was some news about uh, an incident. They caught a guy in Los Angeles, of all places, right? That was armed and trying to approach him. His private security did this because, of course, Joe Biden and his his administration have denied Secret Service protection to Robert Kennedy Jr. And you you shake your head, given to what has happened. To the Kennedy family, how on earth would Democrats not want to see Robert Kennedy Kennedy Jr. have Secret Service protection?
8: Well, that is a big question, and I think everybody knows the answer, especially because of what's been going on politically behind the scenes on the schedule. Now, I remember, you know, in the early spring Summer reading all kinds of headlines that Biden could be embarrassed by the um, first two primaries in the Democrats life, in that right. Kennedy could could win them, because Biden wasn't going to uh, appear on the New Hampshire or Iowa primary ballots because he changed and his he made the D N C change the first primary to South Carolina. Now, the states, in, in fact, have laws on their books, state laws, that they have to be first. So they aren't changing. So Kennedy was planning to appear on the ballot anyway. And this was really starting to be uh, ginned up by the media. Hey, Biden could be embarrassed. Biden, could, This could be a problem if Kennedy wins, because that means the media has to change what it has been doing, which is complete radio silence on the guy. And they'd have to cover him. And that would not be good for the Biden campaign. So they've been playing all kinds of games and they basically have made a rule. The DNC made a rule that if any candidate, meaning Kennedy, sets foot to campaign in New Hampshire, all of the votes that candidate gets go to Biden.
4: So What?
8: What? Yes. Yes, this is of course, as you know, both parties are a private organization. They can make whatever rules they want, they run their primaries, and this is the rule they made for New Hampshire. That if Kennedy well they don't say Kennedy, they say if any candidate campaigns set foot in the state to campaign, then any votes that he or she gets goes to Joe Biden. So (laughs) now in the last two weeks, Kennedy has been putting up petitions has been really going to the media he's been talking about how the democrats are disenfranchising voters and are rigging the vote and this has started to be a real media story they've actually started to cover some of these things and what put the icing on the cake was on wednesday He was in New Hampshire campaigning. He had set foot in there, and he had a town hall where a constituent asked him, if they jam you up, will you go independent? And he answered, yes, if they jam me up, I will consider my options. And so that happened Wednesday, and I'm not saying there's a connection, but on Friday, yesterday, there was a gunman who appeared at an event where he
2: was at.
8: Yes. O-M-G. Hello. You know, the Democrat Party plays hardball. Now, I'm not saying this is Democrat originated, but it is a coincidence that he has been gaining attention. He has been really he's written them letters, public letters. He has a petition on his website that has gotten quite a few signatures. I signed it. I'm like, yeah, this is not right. He should be on the ballot if he campaigns anyway. So that to me is an interesting connection. And the fact that they deny the Biden administration denying the Secret Service protection, you see the the trap being set for the guy of of physical danger and fortunately although he has had to pay for it he had his own private security he is putting out one third of all of his campaign funds to protect himself and that private security found this guy who had fake identification and was masquerading as a u.s marshal armed and he was arrested two miles from where Kennedy's father was killed.
2: Shilling. Very is much chilling.
8: so. So the right this thing is- has to happen. He's got to get Secret Service prote- uh, protection. And I think this, hopefully, this will inspire the Democrat Party to do the right thing.
2: Diana, I had no idea of what had taken place. I don't know how I miss this stuff, and you find it all the time. I had no idea what taken, had taken place Wednesday. And then when you add to what happened uh, last night, it's just, in, it, it, it. wow. This is yes. chilling.
8: It's scary. And I had really been sort of going to talk about this, if I had the chance anyway, because I thought – as of wednesday that would really kick over the table if rfk jr went independent that would really change the dynamic of the race we seem to be marching toward possibly a a trump victory probably a trump victory to get the nomination on the republican side and you know although there's a lot of scrambling going on, it looks like Biden is headed for victory on the on the Democrat side. But uh-huh. if... Really? RFK, well, we'll talk about that. If RFK enters the race as an independent, the Democrat Party can't control him. They can't control if he's on the ballot or not. So that would change everything. So I was going to talk about that, and then this happened yesterday. So I think that is really, as you say... A very chilling and serious development that the American people need to force and pressure the Democrat Party to do the right thing
4: and Okay, let's. The guy. T-
2: I agree with that wholeheartedly. Let's talk about the idea you just said. Biden looks like he's there. Ha ha! Really? I have seen so much this week. This goes to what you said last week, Diana. Last week you talked about the fact that Democrats have seemed to decided that Biden is out. And by the way, they don't seem to also be saying in the same breath, and Kamala is in. What they're saying is, give us something new. We don't want Biden. And you even have people like uh, Carville out there and and some of the others. Look, th- this is, I've never seen this before. I saw during the LBJ race, and I mentioned that a few times, LBJ was under a lot of pressure to relinquish, and he did because there was no way he was going to win. And LBJ just got out, grew his hair long like the hippies, and went down to Texas and left the earth plane. But um, Joe Biden is being pressured now by Democrats to get out. This is a real campaign. Do you think he's going to survive this campaign for him to get out? What do you think?
8: I think this is really a huge fight. I, that's why I said a scramble because you've got the entire media complex now. You've got David Ignatius of the Washington Post, who this week uh, basically uh, came out: President Biden should not run again in 2024. And he basically wrote the whole column about how wonderful that the Biden and Harris administration had done and how many accomplishments they have. But but it's really you know the whole problem is the age issue and it's time for him to go. And so the columnists and the pundits and the polls have been honest. The fact checkers, CNN had a huge fact check after Biden went on and said he had been at ground zero the day after 9-11 when he wasn't. And they did a whole fact check on how the guy always exaggerates and he makes this stuff up. So the media has been given the green light to basically load the the uh, ammunition as attacks against Biden, which is very new. And some Democrats, the elected Democrats, are starting to say it. I think there's a huge fight going on because I think Biden's refusing to go. I think Jill and and Joe are refusing to go along with it, even though it's obvious that he is struggling cognitively. I think that he is clinging onto power, and they do not have a plan B if they can't simply convince him now, if you if, as you know, that's how it usually works. The party goes to the person and and quietly tells them to withdraw, and they do. I think that has happened. I think the party has quietly gone to Joe, and they're getting louder. they're using their media organs, and they're saying it's time to go, it's time to go, it's time to go, and he's saying no, and they're realizing oh. What do we do now? So I think that the scramble is going on to pressure him in many ways of, out from the sidelines that we aren't going to be privy to. But that's what, to me, is a very interesting dynamic. We won't know the outcome until uh, Michelle Obama declares.
2: Oh, God, here we go again <laughs> with that. <laughs> Democrats, uh, Michelle Obama will not be ever president. She doesn't want it. Michelle is enjoying the good life. She's not going to give up the good life. Every week now, there are, there are pictures, too, about Sasha out there smoking a cigarette, hanging out okay. with her, just looking with a bra whatever it is she's wearing and whatever, whatever, and... And uh, you know they're they, 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 come on, they're not. Oh, it's there not going to be Michelle within Obama.
8: They're circles there are circles. And the,
2: circles. There and they're squares people. within squares. And no, she's not running. Listen,
8: listen, there's people who who can't stand the Obamas like Hillary, who just came out this week and said she was all in for Biden. You've got all kinds of forces fighting each other. That's why this is really interesting, because the outcome is not obvious. Usually with with the Democrats, you can see where they're going, what their schemes are going to do. I think they're scheming, they're busy scheming, and they are, you know, there are forces who are desiring to be someone else, and they are putting in someone else. It's not going to be your guy, Gavin, either. Uh, yeah, I, think yeah, I think it's going to be Michelle.
2: And there are triangles within triangles, and it's not going to be Michelle Obama. And I'll tell you something else. Democrats always have a plan B, and I know what the plan B is. So well, I, I they have a plan B. I know what the plan B is for Biden already. Illness? It goes deeper than that. Just go back to everything we know about the Clintons and how they handle problems that seem to be intractable.
8: Well, I don't think we need to even put that out there.
2: I'm just saying I this little segment and I didn't say it aloud and neither did you. I'm just saying there's always a plan B when it comes to Democrats. That's, well, all. That's all. That's all I'm going to say.
8: Also, okay, I think there's a lot of international connections, and that that card would be a really hard to predict which country, which has been paying Joe, mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. to be with uh, you know some kind of international event which may mm-hmm. change the dynamic and uh, that they can blame Joe for. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I think that okay. this, this the next coming weeks and months are going to be like unlike anything our country has experienced in yes. uh, disruption and chaos.
2: Your Majesty, give me one moment. Nick, please flag this tape, this recording, somehow, so that I may come back to this spot, this day, in the future. I'm going to need to have to return to this very conversation <laughs> with Princess Di in the not-too-distant future. I promise you.
8: <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Can I play? Yes, it will. That? I, I will try and, and put my pin in a few of your predictions, too.
2: Yes, you may do that, Princess Di. You uh, you, <laughs> you don't even have to ask me. You're the princess. I'm just a lowly peasant on this show. You're the princess. Now, <laughs> okay. let's talk Mitt. <laughs> Yay! That's what I said. Did you see the David Brooks column the day that Mitt left? Mitt Romney has given us a gift. <laughs> and the gift is not that he's leaving. Mitt Romney puts on the record what so many of us have been hearing for years off the record, that the Republican Party has become a party of fakers, that his congressional leaders laugh at Donald Trump contemptuously behind his back while swooning over him before the cameras, Mitch McConnell is a tragic figure in Romney's tale. Blah, 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 blah. Praise be Mitt Romney. Praise be Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's leaving because Mitt Romney knows he can't win. He knows the voters of his own state can't stand him. He knows uh-huh. that he is as, as is probably the most despised Republican holding public office today. And that's even no, more
8: no, no 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 it's it's Mitch McConnell. He is the lowest rated in every poll.
2: But I was about to say even more than Mitch, but then you just yeah. stole it right out from under me. Okay, second to Mitch McConnell, <laughs> yes. the second most despised Republican would be Mitt Romney. I don't know a single Republican except for David Brooks and some of the other Washington elites that are sad that Mitt Romney is saying he's not gonna run again.
8: Well, it's been the media having a pity party, and it's been, I've just had so much fun with this because they are so sad and they are mourning the fact that, you know, he's showing that there aren't going to be moderates anymore.
2: <laughs> Whoa, I'm so sad. I'm so sad.
8: <laughs> yeah, here's one from David Jolly uh Who was a congressman in a Republican congressman in Florida? Florida, was yeah. by Charlie Crist. But anyway, here's his his op-ed. Mitt Romney's Senate retirement is simply one more nail in the old GOP's coffin. And here's Politico. You're screwed. Romney's exit threatens a collapse of Senate's middle. <laughs> so, This, to me, has been almost enjoyable as the fact that I'm celebrating, you know, Mitt's departure or, you know, eventual departure. He's still there for a bit until uh, January. But the thing that makes me interested as well in this is it's clear that there is something going on, which I am going to call triple up. And that is the conservative vote the conservative ideology which has been squelched and stomped on by the republican establishment since before the tea party days and the republican establishment has successfully thwarted reform on the republican side because they have played games similar to the democrats with the primaries with the candidate funding all kinds of things and the, the impetus from us, the conservative voters, has never given up. We keep pushing and we keep pressuring. And we are now, it is trickling up to the Senate, which takes a long time because of how it's structured constitutionally. They have a third of the Senate up each two years everybody gets six years but only one third at a time so it doesn't ever turn over a hundred percent like the house does the house can turn over every two years it's more direct it's a democracy so the senate cools things down that was the intent of the founders so it's taken a long time and because of your buddy mitch mcconnell who has been anti-conservative voter for his entire career
2: my buddy they she
8: says set, you have defended that guy i've defended him unmasked before us and he is now loosening his grip because of age and infirmity and we are making such headway politically as voters it has taken decades but now Mitt Romney knew he would lose, and he would lose to a Riverton mayor, Riverton, Utah. His name is Trent Staggs, who's a MAGA candidate, was going to beat him in Liz Cheney-type numbers. And so that's why he is getting out, because he didn't want to be embarrassed. And so we keep pressuring, and this, finally, this power that has been holding back reform in the Republican Party is moving off the mortal coil and it is a wonderful thing
2: to see and that on that happy note we'll have to my friend mitch we'll have to leave it until next week princess die as always love for your brilliance and love for you our princess of policy thank you princess die
7: thank you so james. much sir,
2: all right diana me ladies and gentlemen princess die james golden slurdy coming back right after this with your calls
1: Gravaganza. Now here's James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. I
2: know you wanna leave Celebrating the life of Norman Whitfield, who died today on in 2008. This was another one of his songs, don't The Temptations. Let's head to the telephones, ladies and gentlemen. Tim in San Diego, you are up next. Thank you for waiting. Hey, can you hear me, James? I hear you just fine. How are you, Tim?
9: I'm doing well. Really quick, you mentioned uh, Bang a Gong earlier, and uh,
2: you know who Rick Wakeman is, right? Of course. Rick Wakeman had one brilliant album. you remember the the Rick Wakeman album, The Six Wives of Henry uh, VIII? I do indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Rick Wakeman, of course, ladies and gentlemen, was with, with, he, with Yes, was the keyboard player for Yes, before my friend after, well, Tony
9: K. The, well, actually, after Tony K. And then Tony K. After came Tony back. K.
2: That's right. Yeah, then Tony he, K. came back. Okay.
9: Yeah. Um, but very quickly, uh, Rick was broke, and he was living in London. This is back when he was about, I think, about 19 or 20. And, uh, there's a guy named Tony Visconti, who you know, Brooklyn boy, um, who was David Bowie's producer and, and T-Rex's producer in those days. And they're all a bunch of young guys. And, uh, he was living in the same apartment building. And, uh, he said, uh, and Rick couldn't pay his rent. He needed 15 pounds to pay his rent. And he, he hired him. Um, actually, Mark Bowen hired him to come down to the studio for Bang a Gong. You know, that, that little trill on, on Bang a Gong with the piano, right? Where it just goes, you know? Um, he said he turned to Mark and he goes, "You want me to do that?" He goes, "You could do that." And he goes, "Yeah, but you need the fifteen pounds." So he paid nice. him for the session. So uh, Mark Bowen was always painted as sort of this, you know, terrible person. But uh, in actual fact, he seemed to be a pretty good guy. But um, yeah. So if you, and if you James, if you ever get a chance, watch Yes's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just for Rick Wakeman's speech. He brought the house down. It's so funny. He's a comedian. Awesome. Also. Yeah. Great. On YouTube.
2: Thank you so much, Tim. So appreciate your call out there. Beautiful San Diego. Rocco hung up. I wanted to get to Rocco about his story, but Rocco hung up. Oh, well. Anyway, let's go to Bergen County and Peter. Peter, you're on WABC. How are you?
4: Hey, how you
7: doing, Bo?
2: Great. What's on your mind?
7: Yeah, what's on my mind? uh, I remember 40 years ago. President Ronald Reagan, uh, if you remember, is going through a situation like we're going through right now. Do you remember he had to give amnesty to all the immigrants and or uh, uh, illegal aliens or whatever you Yes, want to call and, them?
2: and do you remember that that deal was also the deal he made with Ted Kennedy and the Democrats on amnesty. The Democrats never honored their half of that agreement which was that was supposed to be the end of it and we were supposed to secure the borders and they were supposed to provide the funding to secure the borders which never happened remember that too yes i totally remember that thank you so much peter for bringing that up gail staten island quickly what are your your thoughts this morning gail good
10: morning james you know his History is repeating itself in a very ugly way, and it's just we're not learning. 1945-46, the monsters, the physicians, and the Nazi regime were um, tried for crimes against humanity. Now the so-called powers that be are uh, dancing with glee in our schools by offering gender-affirming Uh, surgeries on children as though it's the best thing since sliced bread, Uh, no pun intended, on this very serious problem that's going on in our country now. You know, as a taxpayer with the housing, uh, we have to go by zoning laws, and we have to get building permits to dig a hole, and you have to have proper plumbing and people that check it. And now it's just being shoved in any which way, any will you know nilly willy way and we're supposed to sit back but then when people protest because they don't really want to protest they have to go to work we're called racist and that's not the our administration is doing the best uh they can no i don't think so and on september 14th the cover of the new york post was uh that was coined by that hillbilly relic from the democratic Uh, demolition it's the economy stupid they're putting money against us that we have to pay for things that aren't right and they have nothing they can't even have a question and answer you know to listen to people um you know the way they want to live their quality of life we have children now you just told a heartbreaking story this morning about a child and two others that were uh um, exposed to fentanyl and it, that's, the, that's the cream that's what's going to happen in our country
2: that is what is happening in our country right now Gail and thank you for your brilliant analysis James Golden Snerby here with you Saturday morning radio extravaganza we're coming back with rapid phones we're going to run through as many calls as we can so please get your thoughts together get ready to nail it on WABC Today's the birthday of Joe Butler from the Loving Spoonful. Remember this one. Summer in the City. 1966. On WABC. Coming back. Rapid phones coming up. Don't go away.
1: This is the Saturday Morning Radio. Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo nerdly on 77 WABC.
2: The Hollies bring us back. Time to get to Rapid Phones. Time is running out. I can't believe three hours go so fast. Larry Kudlow comes up next. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Jim, in New York City, thank you for calling. Okay. Right to your point. do I got a point on this Mitt Romney business.
7: The Mitt Romney was not a loss for the Republican Party. Mitt Romney was a loss for the Democratic Party. They lost their go-to guy whenever they needed support from a Republican. They went to Mitt Romney. I say this is a big loss to the Democratic Party.
2: I couldn't agree more. You have nailed it, and you did it brilliantly. Thank you. Steve, Jersey City, you're up next on Rapid Phones. How are you? Uh,
3: bro, real quick Rick Wakeman story. He was hired to play Morning Has Broken on Cat Stevens' song. Um, they said they'd pay him about a couple weeks later. They call him, and they say, hey, Rick, we need you to come down to the studio. He knew Cat Stevens was going on tour, and he had this feeling that he was going to go on tour with Cat Stevens. He was flat broke now, early 70s. He goes to the studio, and he's already uh, signed the
7: papers for the tour. And what does the engineer tell him? We hired a keyboard player to tour with
3: Cat Stevens, but he can't figure out what you did on Morning is Broken. Can you show him?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got to love, love, love it. it. What a story. Thank you. I appreciate that. George in Rockland County, New York, you're up next.
9: Yeah, hi. Uh, so I have a question for you, okay? Is the Democratic Party really democratic?
2: Answer, George, no. They never have been and never will be. Thank you for the call. Andrew in New Jersey, you're up next.
6: Yeah, morning, Bo. Um, Yeah, it was on this day in 1977, exactly one month after
9: Elvis died, that we lost Mark Bowen of T Rex. And it's very sad. And he wasn't even driving. And uh, yeah, that's a
2: car accident. Right.
7: And and, and they made a goofy movie together with with Ringo Starr called Born to Boogie. You ought to check that out.
2: Oh, man. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate the call. William in Westchester County, you are next up on Rapid Phones. Left
9: us at the Smithsonian, ignore the fact that in 1835, Texas revolted against Mexico for the very same reasons Americans revolted against Britain in 1775. Ignorance and stupidity. Bravo, Derek. Bravo, Cokie.
2: Thank you so much. Teddy in Yonkers, New York. My friend Teddy, how are you? Okay,
7: Bo, two quick things. Number one, Larry Chance of Larry Chance and the Earls died the other day, 52, 82 years old. Brain ca- uh, complications from lung cancer. He was great. I love the duop groups. I know you know him. Number two, I mi- I like Mitt Romney. You know my uh, ideology. Of course, okay? I'm a, a yes. Democrat with, with with common sense. I don't like the the migrant situation. It's untenable. Okay, I agree with you. Biden messed it up. You hear me? All the Republicans that call up, but I dislike a lot of the things that Matt Bates and company do. Okay. And that's the bottom line. And I miss Senator Corker from Tennessee, the Republican, who retired. And Senator Flake, the Republican from Arizona. You hear Republicans that call up and say that the Democrats are all to blame? It's your part of the whole bowl of wax, too. It takes two to dance. Bo, you're a great individual, even though I disagree with you 90% of the time. But we agree on music, and the temptations are the best.
2: I love you Teddy, thank you for calling. Andrew, you're next on Rapid Phones.
7: My music points <clears throat> you lose your cool black guy with deep voice card when you like Chicago, that weird high pitch <laughs> singing I it's love Chicago.
2: Thing. I don't lose Hey, 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 I don't lose my black card by loving Chicago. Lots of people all around the world who love good music love Chicago. TV rate uh-huh. And we love Stevie Ray Vaughan too. It's I lose, Yeah, I lose my black card because I like Chicago. Absurd. Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut. You're up next on Rapid Phones. How are you?
7: Uh, my my golden years have turned to rust. But other than that, I I wait all week for the weekend extravaganza for you and Derek and Princess Di, and then I got. All these sanctuary cities and states saying, oh, the federal government should give us money. They don't understand. The federal government doesn't have money. It's
2: Whose money at, is it? At, whose money is it?
7: Other states that they want to, we're not sanctuary. We weren't, we're going to take your money and pay for our mistakes.
2: Amen to that. Now, Rush used to say this all the time. It's not their money. It's your money. It's not their money. It's your money. E. Frank and Astoria, you're next on Rapid Phones.
7: Uh, two uh, quick uh, points and one comment. Uh, you know, Eric Adams wants to legalize migrants as soon as possible with Kathy Hochul and federal documentation that allows them to live here and work themselves out of a migrant situation. I think that's a little bit outrageous with all immigration laws that are in place in this country. Number two, I think Zach Wilson will take care of the Dallas Cowboys in the name of the Stanley Hotel that uh, Juliet Huddy has condemned. And one more comment, uh, hopefully now... Uh, in autumn, the children will behave in school, and there will, won't will be no more massacres. God bless.
2: God bless you. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, I think, are playing the Jets. <laughs> uh Mike in Ulster County, you're up next.
7: Oh, love your show. I'm going to make it short and sweet. Trump 24, he's our only hope to save the country.
2: Thank you, Mike. Dave in Pennsylvania, you're up next on Rapid Phones. James, last weekend...
7: You nailed it. Everybody wringing their hands and clutching their pearls. You nailed it when you said this country has turned its back on God. And when people say, God bless America, it's the other way around. America has to bless God first.
2: Amen. Thank you for that. Frank in Pennsylvania, up next. Good morning, uh,
9: James Golden. Love your show. Love what you say. No rush all over you know you want to find out what's going on in this country look at the movie hillary's america it shows the 50 to 60 year cycle of democrat power anti-black pro-racist pro pro kkk and the racist of all lyndon johnson when he signed the civil rights act with his famous quote but if you look back it's not anybody but democrats that are doing this they broke the black community with the great society
2: and that's yep. it the great society created the welfare state got to leave it there my friends as always love and gratitude for you being here today and every day with me here on WABC may god bless and protect each and every one of you your family your loved ones thank you such an honor to be here god willing we'll see you monday for Boston early rush hour here on WABC. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, the crew. And that's that. Bye. And thanks, Noam.